You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about the areas in our lives where we like to splurge and where we like to save. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I recently returned from a weekend away with some girlfriends. This was a friend's 40th birthday trip, and originally we had planned to go to the beach. But instead, we found a very isolated glamping situation at a farm in Tennessee Mm -hmm. that had these really cool slant roof little cabins that had completely screened fronts. So it was open air-ish, but at the same time had really comfortable mattresses. There was also a pavilion for eating that had a patio table under it that had a roof and some solar lights. There was a little open-air bathhouse that had a big sink for washing dishes and hands and faces, and then a real toilet and an outdoor shower. Mm. It was basically the perfect kind of thing. It was only three hours from my house, so I drove up there by myself. Everyone was vaccinated, so we didn't have to wear our masks outside, which was totally awesome. And we basically cooked delicious food together and did fire pits and took walks and did yoga all weekend. And I loved it. Mm, That sounds so lovely. It was awesome. I think you and I should go to this place, recruit some other friends and go to this place. Yes. I mean, our children would love it too, because it was kind of in the bend of a creek and there were horses right there. So all of that Mm -hmm. was really cool. Yeah. But it would also be really fun to go with just adults. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe we could start with just us and then have the husbands bring the kids partway through. Oh, that's a great idea. I love it. What's new with you, friend? I want to give an update about our art shelf. I talked about this back in our State of Our Home Disorganization podcast in January. Uh It had been a perpetual problem area, had never been able to feel like we could keep our art supplies organized for longer than five hours at a time. (laughs) And this has been great. It really has solved the problem. It is a shelf on wheels. It has plastic drawers. I think there's maybe five on one side and 10 on the other. Mm -hmm. Ian and I went through and labeled each one with tape so that it says what it is on it. You can pull the drawers out. So if you need markers, you can pull out the marker drawer, take it to where you're working, and then put it back. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ease with that. But it has just made art cleanup so much easier because there actually is a place for everything to go where... That was not the case before. And I love it. It was an excellent use of splurging on something that my past self would not have done, but my present self is so glad that I did. And I was inspired by this purchase and found one on sale at our local Michaels Mm. and bought a similar one. Ours is just one column of drawers, so I think it's Mm -hmm. just the skinny drawers, but it's been great. The only thing that does not work super well for a two-year-old is that what he wants to do is just pull all the drawers out and put all the stuff everywhere. So we Mm -hmm. have it right now in our coat closet Mm. so that Plum can open the door and get in there and put things away and take them out. But Pepper still needs help. But it is still way better than the stacks of stuff and the box we had before. So thank you for the inspiration. Yeah. Highly recommend. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest read? I recently read Legendborn by Tracy Dion. 
This is a book about 16-year-old Bree, whose mom has recently died, and she's headed to UNC Early College, where high schoolers go to UNC Chapel Hill okay, and live on campus and be college students, basically. And then when she gets there, she joins a secret society and things take off from there. Mm. This is YA fantasy at its best. Excellent plot twists, healthy smattering of social commentary, and good but not cloying young romance. Mm -hmm. Also, my heart, that is part of it that's still in North Carolina, is very glad to read the Chapel Hill setting. So that was Mm -hmm. really lovely. There was really nothing that I didn't like about this. Five of five stars would recommend. Mm, Sounds great. What's your book, Sarah? I finished listening to Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. And this is one that you mentioned in our Media Hates episode as (laughs) a book that you quit because it was really about the beauty of the language and not the Uh plot. Yes. Now that I finished it, I thought I would give a little pod update and an opportunity to discuss it in full. (laughs) This is a novel that reimagines Shakespeare's life and how the death of his son influenced the writing of the play Hamlet. The book is divided into two sections. The first is about two-thirds of the book, and then part two is the last third. And that part two was really a meditation on grief and how people in a family handle grief differently and how art can help people make meaning of tragedy and bring Mm. people back together. And I loved that. I thought it was so beautiful, really thought-provoking. I will agree with you on the slowness of the book. That is 100% accurate. I started it in Kindle and then switched to listening, and I'm not sure I would have finished if I hadn't been listening. The audiobook narrator's voice was very relaxing to me, and because it was a lot about the language and the beauty of the words, listening to that while I was doing something else felt very relaxing to me in a way that reading it at night when I'm wanting to escape into something didn't have the same effect. Mm-hmm. I would recommend this if you're not turned off by any of the things that I have said. (laughs) really depends on your reading taste because it is a language-driven book rather than a plot-driven book. But if you are into that, then I think you'd like it. In the end, I'm really glad that I did finish it because getting through to that part two of the book was really meaningful and beautiful. Let's move into our topic for today, splurging versus saving. Before we dive in, we want to acknowledge that we are coming at this from a position of privilege and financial resources. We are both able to buy what we need and most of what we want. We love to hear how other people are making choices around discretionary spending, so we thought it would be fun to share our perspective on the topic, but we do know that our choices to spend or save are really that, choices. Let's start by sharing our general philosophy or guidelines that we have for making purchases. I tend to research the heck out of things, as longtime podcast listeners will know, and then I buy whatever I think is going to work best without much regard for cost, within reason. Mm -hmm. I always, always check Poshmark, eBay, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and Mercari because I prefer to buy things secondhand. And if I buy new, I try to buy things that are made by companies or people that I want to support. For this reason, if I buy something, I almost always have thought about it for multiple days, often weeks, and I am usually very entrenched in my decision. Yeah. I feel like we are in a transition phase in our spending. It used to be that we just 
didn't buy things unless it felt absolutely necessary, even if it made our lives harder than they needed to be. Mm. We were willing to undergo that discomfort to save money. And hearing you talk, I'm thinking about how my lack of desire for researching things also has led us to not making purchases because I never Mm -hmm. get to that point of feeling so comfortable and confident about what we're buying. And it feels like so much work to put in to get to that point Mm. that I would rather go without and not buy anything rather than figure out what would really be the best. Or buy something and then have it not work out. We may talk about this more later, but it is really disappointing when you Mm -hmm. do the research and then buy something and it doesn't work out how you thought. Mm -hmm. That is the worst. Yes. A guiding question that we use to decide if we want to purchase something is, will this make us happier? I'm still definitely in the underbuyer camp, but I feel like less so than 10 years ago. Mm. Although when I try and think about what's changed, it's hard to point to a lot of specific examples, but I feel like there are some and that we are transitioning to a slightly less extreme underbuyer situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would agree with that as someone who has been your friend throughout that whole process. (laughs) I also love to buy used, especially things found on the side of the road and using alerts on Craigslist. Uh uh It's very satisfying when that comes through. Let's talk now about spending versus saving in your family and what do those conversations look like? So Andrew is not a big spender, but I definitely am. He sometimes appreciates when I've bought things that have worked out well. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that's because most things I buy are great because I'm a great (laughs) shopper. (laughs) For instance, he's complimented my purchase of this Dyson battery vacuum that we have that hangs on the wall multiple times and uses it Mm -hmm. the most of anyone in our family. And he also really appreciated some of the things I had for camping. Mm -hmm. You know, I had sort of bought them leading up to our first big trip. And he was like, wow, that worked out really great. And I said, thank you. Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) But he definitely would save way more if we weren't married and sharing our financial lives. So we compromise on this and sometimes still have conflict around it. But our compromise is about automating our savings at the beginning of the month, right after both of our paychecks come, Mm -hmm. and then not worrying too much about whatever spending follows. The rest of the month, because I tend to be more deliberate about purchases. I have time to keep an eye on our kind of daily credit card and finances, and I do not usually exceed whatever is earmarked for discretionary spending for that month. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go back to the vacuum situation for a minute. Oh, sure. Hearing you talk about that makes me think that one, I should have consulted you for our vacuum needs because we recently Mm. went through a vacuum purchase when ours wasn't working. And I told Neil that what I wanted for my birthday was for him to research it and figure it out and get a new (laughs) vacuum, that I wanted to step away from all responsibility and just have the right thing appear. And he did come through, and that's great. But I bet your research was different and that you were looking at different things. So next time, I will send him to consult with you before such a purchase. (laughs) I am happy to consult with anyone on any purchase ever. I love talking about (laughs) buying things as well as buying things myself. (laughs) How do things look in your family in this regard? We are fairly aligned in our non-spending ways, though neither of us are truly averse if we need or want to spend the money. I would say overall, Neil is more frugal, 
then when I think that, is he more frugal or does he just have fewer wants? I feel like it might be <laughs> that one. But it also bothers him less when we do decide to spend the money. That even after we've made the decision, I think about it a lot and think about mm. how much money we're spending. And for him, once he's decided, it's just, well, we decided to spend the money and he feels fine about it and moves on. Hmm. Interesting. I think that's because I spend more time looking at our accounts. And so for him, it's really theoretical where I'm seeing the numbers and seeing the credit card bill and seeing the money go out of our checking account. And he is not. Mm -hmm. And hearing you talk about how Andrew would save more if he wasn't married to you. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that dynamic in our relationship. And I think I would spend more if I were married to someone else. I think I have hmm. become more frugal being married to Neil than I would have been otherwise. Even though I think mm -hmm. I've always been a saver and I think I've always been fairly frugal, I think that it is one area where we have made each other more extreme over time. Mm. Interesting. Let's get into our top splurge items. My most recent splurge, which was yesterday, <laughs> is a beautiful ceramic piece from a local artist that I've been coveting mm -hmm. since February. She calls it a female altar form. It's basically like the middle body of a woman that also mm -hmm. has shelves and like places you can put candles or flowers. It's just really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'll put a picture of it on our Instagram because I just love it very much. And this weekend was the Magic City Art Connection, which is the art show in Birmingham. And this ceramic artist was exhibiting there. And when I went, she had it. And I said, oh, I'm buying that. Love it. Another splurge this year was a new bathing suit, which I bought a lot of bathing suits. I bought a whole bunch from Target. And then I bought several choices from this place called Unique Vintage. And the one I ended up loving was one from Unique Vintage. And I liked it so well that I found another color of it on eBay and bought that too. So now I have it mm. in each color in the same size. Mm -hmm. And I'm really into that. And our ongoing probably biggest splurge is how much we spend on groceries every month. It's so much money. And I have no regrets. Food is also the first one that Neil mentioned when we were discussing our habits related to this episode. Mm -hmm. He was saying that even when we were saving on lots of other things, that food was always an area where he wanted to splurge, where he wanted to support the local co-op or the farmer's market mm -hmm. and buy the food that we wanted to buy. I think over time, we've become even more splurgy. I have memories <laughs> of being in Austin and really thinking about what I was putting in the cart. And now, because we have more financial resources, I feel more freedom to buy what I want without... Mm -hmm worrying about it at the end. And I acknowledge what a privilege that is and how fortunate we are to be in a position to do that. Mm -hmm. My most recent splurge was a new yoga mat. I consulted you on the best yoga mat to buy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Appreciated that. Spent a lot of time going back between two different options, but went with the jade yoga mat. I got the extra long one. So if Neil also wants to use it for yoga, that it would be a better size for him as well mm -hmm. and have loved it. I had wanted to get into doing more yoga at home. And this is the kind of thing that I feel like five years ago, I wouldn't have spent money on. And in the middle of the pandemic, close to my birthday, I was like, you know what? Just going to buy it. Mm -hmm. And I have loved it. It's been great to get back into a yoga practice and has brought me a lot of joy. I love it. Starting a couple of years ago, around my birthday, 
It's a splurgy time of year. <laughs> a friend and I went to go get houseplants, decided that that's what I wanted, and I spent a few hundred dollars buying plants and pots and soil. Yes. And then we went again a year later and bought more plants and more pots and more soil. And <laughs> both times, it has just made me so happy. It was such a fun activity to go do with a friend where we were both getting things for our home and being able to talk to each other about what would, which plant would look good in which pot. And I love seeing them. We have very few home decorations in our house. Mm-hmm. And having the plants has made our house feel so much homier to me and cozier and just this great breath of fresh air and life, especially through the winter. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't say I'm the best plant caretaker in the world, but I am learning and I love them. I feel that same way about plants. The last one I'll mention has been buying new pants in the last (laughs) year. I just got to the point where I was like, you know what I don't need? I don't need my pants judging me. I need (laughs) pants that fit better and are comfortable. Yes. And spent a good chunk of money making that happen. Zero regrets. I love them. Every time I put on a pair of my new comfortable, well-fitting pants, I think that was a good investment. Soft pants for life. (laughs) (laughs) On the other hand, what are the main areas where you save money? We save money in terms of shoes for our kids. Mm -hmm. And really in terms of shoes for us as well. We are not big shoe people. We're not that into them. Same. I would say we all have about two pairs that we just wear until basically they fall apart. Mm -hmm. So it's just not very many shoes that are being bought in our house for anyone. Another one is that, which I feel kind of funny talking about with you since you have no cars, (laughs) But, (laughs) but we have old cars and we don't drive much. So we have a 2002 Volvo and a 2005 Civic. And we have never had a car payment on any cars. We have been really lucky to either have the means to pay cash or have the Civic gifted to us by my parents. So we have been both lucky and appreciative of the low car expenses in our lives. And then we very rarely buy books. I know a lot of people who love books as much as we do buy a lot of books, but that's just not something I've ever drawn to. As much as I love shopping, I just very rarely want to own books. I feel the same. I'm right there with you. The library is just so lovely. I feel like with the books, it's not just about reading them, but I also get joy from borrowing them from the library Mm -hmm. and knowing other people have read them and that we're making use of this public resource. So for me, it's both that I don't want to own books and spend my money on them to have in my house. But also I feel like there's this extra joy factor that comes from using the library. Mm -hmm. I love knowing our librarians and they know us as the people who put like the maximum number of children's books on hold and then come in with our stroller to put them in the bottom. Mm -hmm. I just really appreciate being those people. And I also love getting them out of my house. They're in there. They're everywhere. We're mm-hmm. reading them. We're enjoying them. And then when it's not fun anymore, get them out. Take them back. <laughs> they will be welcomed back into the open arms of the library and another borrower. It's really beautiful. 100%. <laughs> what are your top saving items? Transportation is one of ours. I was actually debating. I was thinking about putting a splurge item as our bikes. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, are our bikes a splurge item or are they a save item? 
because we are getting bikes instead of having a car. Mm-hmm. And that does require more investment than most people would make in two-wheeled vehicles, mm-hmm. <laughs> but still much less than it would be to have a car. So I decided to put it in the save category. Yeah, totally. Another one is furniture. When I was thinking about all of the furniture in our house, I was trying to think of something that we did not find on the side of the road, on Craigslist, or in a dumpster. (laughs) And the only things I could come up with were our rugs. Mm -hmm. After having a very bad rug buying experience on Craigslist, Mm. we have since bought our rugs new. Mm -hmm. And our mattresses. And everything else has been found or bought used, including Neil made us a bed frame out of scrap wood that he found so that it was no longer on the floor like we were still in college. It was that way until about two years ago. I feel very adult now that my bed is a few feet off the floor. <laughs> Love it. It's one of those things where I know our home doesn't look like a magazine layout and doesn't mm-hmm. look as nice. It still sort of has that grad school vibe to it. But I also don't mind. I really like the stuff that we have and it's functional and do not care enough to make an investment in that area. I have always found your home to be very homey and welcoming. Oh, thank you. Another category where we try to save is in our energy usage. We keep our house pretty cold in the winter, (laughs) right around 60 degrees at night, colder than that, to the point where I found out that some family members don't want to visit us in the winter, which made me feel terrible because <laughs> we would turn up the heat when people come and we do turn it up, but us turning it up is still lower than apparently some people's <laughs> comfort level. That's so funny. Sorry, family. I will say, though, that one time when I visited you, you turned on the AC for me. I don't remember that, but I am so glad. That we were being good, kind, generous hosts. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) And along those same lines for energy usage, we also don't own a dryer and hang all our clothes up to dry, which is another big energy use and saving money on not purchasing a dryer as well. And I think I've talked about this before on the podcast where we had the reckoning about hanging clothes in the winter. (laughs) And now that Neil has taken over that, I feel great about our current situation (laughs) and no longer feel of growing resentment about it. And a couple weekends ago, E was wanting to earn some money and she asked if she could do laundry. And I thought, I don't know if you can do laundry. You're six. But I showed her how to put the stuff in, where the soap was, what buttons need you pushed. She was sitting there watching it because she was really <laughs> excited to be able to hang it up. Oh, nice. Went outside, hung it up, partly all over the play structure because she couldn't reach all of the line that we have hung up and brought it all back in afterward. It was great. So really excited about the future there. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any areas where you want to start splurging, but you have been saving? I have had the same bras since before Plum was born, and I am still wearing maternity underwear that I got while pregnant with Pepper, Mm -hmm. so almost three years ago. So I would really love some new under things. I recently tried hundreds of dollars worth of bras and hated them and returned them all. So mm-hmm. that was a real bummer. Yep. Back at square one there and really would welcome some suggestions for non-underwire, comfortable and affordable bras. Some of the bras I tried were affordable and not comfortable and some were comfortable but not affordable, but I have not found 
the happy medium. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but I'm just not going to spend $60 on a bra, even if it's really comfortable. I don't have a shirt that is worth $60, let alone something that people aren't going to (laughs) see. Fair. And then the other one that I have been thinking about is a housekeeper, potentially. We have not been spending money on a housekeeper for years since Plum was little and I started working from home. Mm -hmm. Not even because of the money necessarily, but because it was really hard to coordinate the housekeeper with us being home a lot and nap schedules and things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that we could have financially prioritized in our lives and that would have been a benefit to our marriage in terms of having the house be just really lovely and clean to live in and enjoy together in our family time. So that's something that may be coming soon, potentially, but I'm excited about that. Yeah. What about you? Any splurges you are looking forward to? I am hoping to do more travel and spend more money on travel. I think up to this point, travel has been mostly focused on visiting family and Mm -hmm. camping. Yep. Especially with the kids being the ages they were, it didn't feel super fun to go on long trips. And so it felt like a lot of research, which I don't enjoy, (laughs) and then spending a lot of money and Mm -hmm. then still the same life that we have at home. There's just so much of that napping and snacks and bedtime that not only isn't going to change when we're traveling, but it's going to get harder. And that never really felt worth the trade-off to us. But now I think things are changing in that regard. And it is something I enjoyed so much as a kid was getting to travel a lot with my family and seeing a lot of different places. And I would like my kids to have those opportunities as well. Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking about how we can work up to that. And I think it is a mental shift for me to think about spending money on travel because it is expensive. And how can we set aside money for that and feel good about spending it? Mm -hmm. And also spend money on things that all of you are actually enjoying. Mm -hmm. Y'all, the kids, and make it really feel worth it because if you're doing something really expensive and then it's not great then that's a real bummer agreed alternatively are there areas where you have been splurging and you want to start saving so we just canceled netflix because of how infrequently we were watching it and i don't know why i didn't think of this before but Mm -hmm. we are just not watching that much tv these days and most of what we are watching is on disney plus and so Hmm. that was one where i was like oh this seems very obvious now that we talked to our friends who had canceled it and I was like oh we could also do that (laughs) but that's good we will be saving some there and then sometimes I am so annoyed with cooking and with everyone whining that I'm like let's just get takeout Mm -hmm. but then we end up settling for some takeout that is not ideal you know maybe the restaurant that we wanted didn't open in time or We didn't plan the right day because they're closed on Monday or Tuesday or something like that. I do not mind a splurge at all on takeout. I think it is definitely worth it when the food is amazing, but sometimes it's not. And I wish that I could only pay for the amazing (laughs) takeout and save the money for the subpar takeout. Yes. Mine is the same. Takeout. We have ramped up the frequency of getting takeout in the last year. Partially very intentionally as a way to support local businesses that we want Mm. to be there when the pandemic is done. Mm -hmm. 
and also to make life easier some nights. I find that while I do enjoy it, I often feel that letdown because the cost is much higher than on a meal that we would cook ourselves. I feel Mm -hmm. like my expectations are also high, so it can be hard to meet those. And then for me, it also always comes with a side of guilt because of all the containers and waste that go into takeout. So it makes me question how much value it is bringing for the amount of money we're spending. And I think once we're vaccinated and things open back up more, I might prefer actually eating out as a family every couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and then bringing our own containers for leftovers. We could still get the food that we all enjoy, but not the waste and not having to go pick something up. And it could be another chance for our children to practice their manners in a public setting, which is needed. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. So we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the year. Let's end by sharing our splurge regrets. What have you bought and then wished that you had not? I'm actually going to tell my sister's story, which I don't think she'll mind because it's family legend. It's very, it's very good. Okay, so Audrey, my sister, who's four years younger than I am, had saved and saved and saved and saved her money for this plastic toy from Target called a Sparkle Wish Horse. And I don't even really remember what the big deal was. I think you could brush its hair and maybe it had some jewels that you could move around and maybe it moved or something. I don't know. But she saved and saved and saved her money. And then she bought it, opened it in the car, was so disappointed because she had hyped it up in her mind to be this thing Mm -hmm. and basically spent all her $25 or something on it and was really, really sad about it. So in my family of origin, we call a splurge like that, then you regret a sparkle wish horse. Mm-hmm. And Audrey is now very good at saving. And I'm really into research. And as I was thinking about this, I was wondering, I wonder if my proclivity for research and her proclivity for saving both stem mm. from that one from incident. the family lore of the sparkle wish horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is so interesting to think about those formative experiences around Mm -hmm. how we view money and how that translates into adulthood. Yes. So no sparkle wish horses in recent memory for me, maybe because I have that life lesson imprinted on my soul. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I do have a sparkle wish horse, which is our (laughs) washing machine. When we moved to this house, we needed to buy a washing machine because there was not one that came with the house. We were wanting to get a front-load washer because they use less water. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of research into what the best one would be. We ended up deciding to buy a Speed Queen washer. That's a brand that's often used in laundromats, and so Mm -hmm. it's meant to last for a really long time and get a lot of use. And everything I read about them was that they also are less digital. The one that we have is still mechanical with moving the knobs and such, Mm, and so it's easier to fix if it breaks down and will last much longer. So I thought, okay, this is more expensive, but we're not going to get a dryer and we're going to make this one-time investment and it's going to last us for decades and we're going to be saving water and energy. Win, win, win. I have so many regrets. Oh no. (laughs) The first one we got turned out to be a lemon and we had to get it replaced within the first three months. Made this really loud 
clunking noise that it Ugh. should not. Awful. And because it was still under warranty, they replaced it. So we got a new machine a couple months later. This one's been working fine. But then within the last six months, it's been struggling when we have a large load. Mm. And it will stop. It will fill up with water with all of the clothes in it and then turn off, which is very frustrating. Then you have to run a spin cycle if you can get it to run the spin cycle and then start over and do it. So that's not saving water to have to do all of these extra things to Mm -mm. get your clothes clean. And then I thought it was still under warranty because I thought we had a five-year warranty, but it was only a Mm. three-year warranty. So that felt very sad when I realized that. And then I went through this whole thing where I was trying to call all of the places that can do service. Mm-hmm. And one place was out of business and one place no longer has a technician. And the next place is just some guy locally and his mailbox was full. So I couldn't even leave a message. Oh, my gosh. So we're running small loads right now. But it just feels like one of those things where I actually did try and do the research and mm-hmm. felt like I was making the responsible good choice that we'd be happy with. And so it feels very frustrating. And then I feel that responsibility as the family member who took on this project. And then it turned out terribly. Mm. So we'll see. Hopefully we can get it fixed eventually and that it will still have a long life. But at the moment, feeling very disappointed and wished we had gone a different route. Just sounds like a bummer all around. Well, on that low note, We're going to wrap up our discussion of splurging and saving. Listeners, we would love to hear what is worth the splurge for you and where you save your money. Let's end, as we always do, by sharing something we've been eating lately. A few weeks ago, I went to the library and checked out some cookbooks. I was feeling the need for some inspiration. Mm. I had heard people talk about the Dinner Illustrated cookbook and how great it was. I thought, Hmm. perfect. Checked it out, love how many pictures there are, wrote down a few recipes, and one of them that we tried were these fancier quesadillas. They have green chilies from the can, Mm. and then corn that you roast on the stovetop. So you take frozen corn, but then you cook it on the stovetop until it gets kind of crunchy on the outside rather than Mm. being soggy once it goes in. Lime juice, green onions, cilantro, and Monterey Jack cheese. And that's what we did the first time, putting that in there. And it recommended doing it in the oven, which I'd also never done quesadillas that way, Mm. rather than just waiting for them to cook on a pan. So that was nice because you can do several at once. The second time I made it, I added a can of black beans to get a little bit more protein. And they were Mm -hmm. so good. Do you recommend setting a timer on your oven? Apparently, this is a thing that other people do that I always think I don't need to do. Ended up burning (laughs) one batch. It's fine. The kids really liked the crispy black tortillas and they ended up eating those great (laughs) but the flavors were excellent usually we just do quesadillas with refried beans and cheese and that's it Mm -hmm. or cheese and tortilla so this felt elevated the green onions for me really made it i don't know why they Mm. were just so delicious inside the quesadilla yum we'll be making in our regular rotation what have you been making In a stunning turn of events, I'm going to share a recipe that a friend brought to my girls' weekend away. Mm -hmm. And it's stunning because this is a vegan cheese dip. No one who listens to this podcast ever thought that I would talk about this. (laughs) True. Vegan I am not. So-called cheese dip with no actual cheese in it is not something that listeners probably would have expected me to eat and love. But this was so good. I think they call it cheese dip because it 
sort of has this cheesy vibe. But what mm-hmm. is actually in there is cashews, oat milk, olive oil, lemon juice, nutritional yeast, salt, and garlic. Okay. Really nice savory flavors. It ends up being kind of like a spread. Hmm. A little bit thicker than a cream cheese consistency, so pretty thick. Oh. So not like a queso. No, it's not like queso. Okay. They did call it it vegan queso, but that is just a confusing name, so I changed it to cheese dip. But probably (laughs) vegan cheese spread Mm -hmm. would be even more accurate. But it was really good. It was good on crackers. It was good on chips. It was good on vegetables. Would recommend. All right. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram, at friendlierpodcast. Or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. I, we have ramped up our the number of times. What do I want to say? We have ramped up the number, the frequency. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> There's just a child running in the hallway. at Friendlier Podcast, or email us. Sorry, <laughs> I got lost in the, in the reading. <laughs>